Welcome to the One Shot Podcast. We are here with the Wellcore team, which is an at-home hormone optimization program based out of Austin, the beautiful city of Austin, Texas. Uh, we are here with co-founder Jason Whitson and head clinician Ryan Lester. How's it going, guys? Good, man. How are Great. you? Welcome. Welcome. So it's, it is weird, by the way, that you're here. Yeah. You've kind of got to talk behind you yeah. a little bit. To, I'll to just actually it. probably ignore you for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> but, uh, but hey, fellas, thank you for joining us. I know you guys made the trek up. We're excited to talk about yeah. this because this, this is an area I think that has uh, a, a ton of false information spread about it, a lack of understanding. Um, and so really, really excited to dig into this because uh, I am a, um, a big fan of this because it's, it's changed my life in the last year and we'll dig into that a little bit more too. So, and I was sharing with you guys, I'm a complete, no, I'm, I haven't done this before. I know nothing about it. So you're really going to be able to speak to two sides of the spectrum here. Yeah. I did want to read y'all's bios though, because number one, they're very impressive. And number two, I can't remember all this. Um, so <laughs> humor me real quick. We're going to, we're going to read this straight off the paper. Uh, first we'll start with you, Jason, born and raised in Austin, Texas, previously the head of product and VP of digital at, Medici? Medici. Medici. Oh, wow. Yeah. I would have screwed that way up. Okay. It's Latin for doctor, and they invented ah. banking, the family, or something like that. Weird. Okay. Medici. <laughs> All right, which is a SaaS telemedicine company. Yep. Uh, and then before getting the medical industry, he was the digital, or sorry, director of product at Under Armour Connected Fitness, where he helped design the Map My Fitness platform, which I'm sure Use a lot of you are familiar many with. Times. Yep. Many times. And this is really cool, and was part of the development of Under Armour's first ever smart running shoe. Yeah. So I might ask you about that's that in a little good. bit. That's oh. it became the hover. That's H O V R. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. All that's right. Really cool. And then Ryan, who's the head clinician, um, who's smarter than every person sitting in this room right now, awesome. uh, <laughs> studied medicine at Rochester Institute of Technology in New York, and then started in the medical field by practicing emergency medicine and orthopedic surgery before shifting focus to longevity and health optimization. Here's the, here's the sentence right here, Tyler, that, that put me over the top of this. Okay, this guy's got it. Has studied diet, and I'm probably going to mispronounce every word in this. Can't even but. read it, and he knows it. <laughs> Has studied dietary epigenetics at Stanford University, bioidentical hormone replacement therapy at WorldLink Medical, is a certified epigenetic coach, and holds a certification in the clinical application of advanced peptide therapy from the Apiron Academy. Huron Academy. And then as part of Wellcore's clinical team, he guides clinician training and recruitment, clinical protocols, research, and product innovation. Man, that was a mouthful. Okay. So the rest of our podcast, I promise, is not going to be that rigid. I promise you. I got to show you that. That's on fun. me. Yeah. We had, to, we had to read that shit because I want people to know you yeah. guys, you're not just two meatheads pushing you know, a bunch of steroids. Mm-hmm. Like You're actually legitimate businessmen, clinicians, and, and I wanted to get that across. So Yeah, and I... And I want to I want to get into this a little bit later because we want to hear about y'all's backgrounds, how you got to doing what you're doing. Because, you know, here we really want to we want to encourage people by by sharing others' journeys, right? And and the adversity that they face to get there, the resilience it takes, and and just the effort. But then also too that um, if you do have a mission, you do have a purpose, and you set yourself to it, and you hold yourself accountable, you can reach places that you didn't think that you could. I think a lot of people just say, "Oh, it must be nice. It was easy for them, or yeah. it was, it was, and or they're way smarter than me, and I just don't have that." And and that's not the case. We just, I think, as a as a culture, 
we're one, and this is a very simplified version of it. There's a lot of complexities to it, I'm sure, but we're just kind of lazy. We just want it easy, right? We want what he has, but we don't want to put in the 10 years that it took to get to where he's at. Mm -hmm. And so uh, really want to just hear y'all's journeys. But um, one thing that really that, that sticks out to me, um, and Dr. Lester, is that okay? I mean, you can just call me Ryan. Okay. I'm Ryan. a uh, physician assistant. I don't know if I put that in, PA. The, okay. in the, uh, okay. the bio there. All right. So Ryan, it is. Ryan, it is. Uh, actually, he asked, asked me to call him Ry Ry. So it's what we're going <laughs> to do. Um, Shout out. But bro. you can call me doctor. Like you when you shifted your focus to, to longevity and health optimization, I think that that, that is the future of medicine and that is the future of where it is going um, as opposed to, and this is super cliche now, but you know, instead of sick care, right, it's actually wellness care and we're actually doing healthcare, not just managing sick people. So uh, I love that that was a, a shift for you yeah. as opposed to, I mean, look, orthopedics is great. I used orthopedic surgeons a lot in my career, so yeah. they're great and I, and I appreciate them. But um, creating a, a long, sustainable, fulfilled life is much more important, especially at the age that I'm at now. So, but let's, let's jump back, uh, Jason, let's kind of dig into your background. Um, I mean, ultimately, I mean, you were at Under Armour, um, you, you helped build, you know, this telemedicine company, but like, what was, what was kind of upbringing and how did you get into that space? Yeah. So we already talked about Austin and being mm -hmm. born there and yeah. how I need to leave now because it's getting really big. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs. I mean, mm. my dad was an auto mechanic his entire life. So uh, my mom was a homemaker mm. and I lived in a house where it was, you figured out how to do things, you figured out how to fix things. Yeah. Mm. And uh, if you needed something, you built it. Yeah. Uh, if it was broken, you didn't go out and buy it. You figured out how to make it work. Right. Mm. So I think it was instilled in me pretty early on that like work ethic was supremely important. Uh, and as it relates to health and healthcare, health insurance, this, that, and the other, we didn't, we didn't have that. Yeah. Like we didn't have health insurance. Self-insured. Self-insured, <laughs> which meant, uh, if you had an injury, you rubbed dirt in it and yeah. you just <laughs> moved about your day. Right. Um, but I, I was lucky enough. I was fortunate enough to have parents with the foresight to see that computers were going to be a big thing. Yeah. So early eighties, you know, they buy me a computer and I start tinkering with it. And, and that got me interested. Those in like technology. pong days, right? Uh, yeah. That would have been for us. It was the Apple two GS. Yeah. Holy old smokes. school. We're talking yeah. like big floppy disks, yep. like old school. Oh, yeah. Stuff. So I got into tinkering, you know, that in cars like pretty early. So mm -hmm. professionally, you know, my first real job that turned into a career actually ended up being it. Mm. So IT and IS for uh, a company that uh, predominantly did work for the Department of Defense. Yeah. So I found myself on projects solving problems for the modern warfighter, mm. which I'll never be able to talk about, most of them. Yeah. Uh, but it was all fun stuff. So yeah. IT, IS globally for 15 years. Uh, over the 15 years, I probably started and walked away from six or seven startups. You know, I had wow. built e-com platforms. I actually had a nutritional supplement store where you're just reselling everybody else's stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Blogging platforms, the stuff that we call social networks today. Yeah. Kind of wish I would have stuck with that one. Let's <laughs> um, have decent multiples on X. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. They're doing pretty well <laughs> yeah. these days. Um, but 15 years there doing that, I mean, I, I learned a lot about building businesses, the startup life, entrepreneurship. And a good friend and I built uh, a product called Gritness, 
it was a mobile app and it was to help uh, organize athletic endeavors mm. for groups of people. Cause uh, by that time I had walked away from football yeah. and baseball cause I had an ACL tore my back up mm. and uh, we needed a tool to help organize our team. You know, we're racing mountain bikes and a lot of people don't realize like we practice that stuff, like, yeah. especially the team events. Uh, it turned into uh, a piece of software that supported 23 different sports and it became like a registration and discovery platform. Huh. Hmm. Under Armour caught wind of it, called us one day, wanted us to come up to Baltimore and show them everything that it could do. Yeah. Um, and that turned into an acquisition about six months later. So we joined Under Armour. Uh, my good friend. And what year was this? That would have been 2015. Okay. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. So we were there, uh, you know, getting to work with Jordan Spieth and Natasha Hastings and Dwayne Johnson and Steph Curry, uh, doing a lot of really cool stuff. Tom Brady. Tom I still, was, yeah. I still wear his pajamas. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was at Under Armour for a long time. Uh, ran product for the Map My Fitness suite yeah. of apps. So yeah. at the time we had like 47 million users. So was that, so your technology ultimately morphed into that app? Was that? Uh, uh, that is, that story is going to require some like whiskey. Like yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. About. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, we got there and, and, you know, we got put into roles, yeah. you know, running existing platforms. Yeah. Um, spent a couple years there and then, uh, got a phone call from a founder in Austin that was trying to build a SaaS mm. telemedicine platform mm. and wanted some product help. So I went there, uh, already knew a lot is about this pre pandemic, by the way, it is. Okay. It is. Whew. So we get there, uh, we're building this product for doctors and practices and mm. everything's going great. So another two years there, uh, did a short stint as a chief product at iFly Indoor Skydiving. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Love Which, that place. Yeah, it sounded kind of funny. Can't afford it, but it's a great place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were working on that while I was there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is awesome. Yeah. It is, it is like my, my son, we went the first time he was six, maybe almost seven. He's a big boy, so I think yeah. he passed the um, – and then did it with my daughter. But it's like – talk about like taking Coop when he's, when he's big enough to do mm -hmm. it. Like it's a cool daddy yeah. – Huh. daddy date right that, yeah that just teaching your kids how to fly no awesome. big deal yeah, yeah. just perfect. whatever yeah, yeah. put your life yeah. on the line Run the mill. Yeah. yeah but that's what dads are for <laughs> totally it's your job uh but that exposed me to like experiential retail and multi-unit like business operations which i hadn't had so mm. i had this athletic performance and like technology background uh and then it goes into experiential retail you know iFly is actually a really big business yeah um and then i went back to telemedicine same company yeah and uh, that was just before the pandemic. Mm. So we were there when all things telemedicine kind of caught on fire yeah. and everyone needed what we had. So yeah. uh, got to really understand the dynamics of how doctors and clinics run their businesses yeah. uh, in that scenario versus how they want to run them, which are two very different things. But uh, I was there for another probably couple years. And then I got a phone call from a group called Redbud Brands. Yeah. Uh, Redbud Brands is in the like better for you consumer packaged goods space. Mm -hmm. uh, the guys behind it, I think, have about $7 billion in exits that they've been a part of. So wow. Sweet Leaf Tea, mm -hmm. Deep Eddie Vodka, Skinny Pop Popcorn, Waterloo Sparkling Water, C4 Energy Drink. Like I could go on. Good. Aren't you a major investor in C4? Energy? Yeah, I think I think I own some <laughs> equity in that. The amount of purchases that I've given them. Then you're, oh, <laughs> you know, so it's like yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's on at least three or One four. One of the largest day. shareholders. <laughs> there you yeah, go. Yeah. There you go. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, I got a phone call from these guys and they're like, hey, we have this idea about building a hormone replacement therapy uh, business that kind of morphed into a human optimization platform, yeah. which is a mouthful and you can't put that on a billboard. No one's going to know what it means. Right. But we got to talking and they're like, we want someone to come in and, and build on this idea. And I was like, well, that's cool because um, I was in the process of building something similar here but we're going to go in another direction. Oh, and also I've been a customer of, of such services for 15 years. Yeah. And we got to talking and they're like, we want you. So I got to join with my other co-founder, uh, Bill, who's still down in Austin. Yeah. And he used to be at the low T centers. Okay. So they put us together to build the business. And this guy was our first hire, yeah. um, a few months after being there. So they paired us with an amazing clinical team. And we've been building for almost two years. Okay. Wow. But we got launched in uh, late January and our hair's on fire. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I love it. I love it. All right. I want to put a pause in, yeah. yes. in the, 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 the well core story because we're going to spend a lot of time on that. But mm -hmm. uh, Ryan, East Coast, yep. grew up grew up that side. When were, at what age were you drawn to medicine? Yeah. You know, kind of typical going through high school, trying to figure out what you want to do. You're like, ah, I'm pretty good at this. I'm, yeah. I don't like that. Were you smarter than everybody then too? No, I was, I was kind of one of those kids who did really well, but had to work really hard to do it. Okay. Um, and mostly just cause I was disciplined and, and worked hard. Um, but uh, definitely not the, the sharpest tool. Um, so uh, we're going to pause cause I, I kind of skipped ahead. Where did that come from? Where, where did the discipline come from? Was that instilled sports, from your parents? Mostly sports. I think I, I played, I was a three sport athlete. Okay you know, from the second I could walk, I, I played sports. Mm -hmm. Um, my mom definitely instilled that as well. She, she had her own business and, um, for sure I gotta, gotta give her some props, but, but sports, I think taught me so many things, you yeah. know, what, what, what does hard work do and how to, how to, how to lose and how to fail and how to yeah. bounce back and, and try again, you know, yeah. Yeah, question about your mom. Cause I'm going through this with my boys is, all these lessons that I want to impart on them. Is it, is it nature? Is it nurture? Is it, is, am I going to have anything to do with it? I don't know. And that's kind of what I'm, you know, discovering right now. Did you, do you remember your mom having conversations with you about discipline or was it more just watching the way that she worked? Yeah, it was more just watching the way she carried herself, made decisions, you know, kept pushing in her own personal or professional career. Um, yeah. And I remember her always telling me, you're going to college, you're going to college kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so got it from her, got it from sports and, um, you know, decided I, I loved science, um, was pretty good at it and she was a sonographer. So, um, ultrasounds of babies yeah. mm -hmm. yep. and, uh, she never really pushed me into medicine, but I always enjoyed helping people and it came kind of naturally to me. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I, I didn't at the time want to go to medical school and just go be in school for that long. That really turned me off. So I, I found out about physician assistants and was able to shadow a couple and, um, yeah, one thing led to another. And before I knew it, I was at RIT in their, in their PA program. What's the, what's the difference this is me being stupid. What's the difference between PA school and medical school? Like from a time, standpoint? I actually had that exact question. So. Yeah. So <laughs> PA school, it, it follows the curriculum very closely. Yeah. It's essentially condensed down to about 50%. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's two years of, uh, you know, in the classroom didactical work. It's yeah. usually a year of clinical rotations. Mm -hmm. Um, and then a year of, of, uh, extra training or research. Yeah. Um, it takes four to seven years to get through school. Whereas, uh, you know, 
physicians, it's, you know, four year undergrad, four year medical school, and then residency. Yeah. So it's significantly longer. Okay. Um, and in most states, a physician assistant has to practice with a collaborating physician. Yeah. So they can't practice independently. Yeah. Um, but you can, what's nice is you can bounce around and practice in any, any, uh, form of field of medicine. Okay. Um, so. Well, and if you've ever been to, uh, either a general, if you've ever been to even a, a, a specialty healthcare facility, 90% of the time you're working with a PA Yeah, because docs come in and, and nothing, I'm not saying anything bad, but docs will come in, they'll sign the script, which you can sign scripts too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, they'll come in, Hey, how's it going? Cool. Great. See you later. Right. It, they're on the rotation, but the bulk of the work in my experience in my health history has done been done by the PA. Yeah. Either yeah. probably a PA or a nurse practitioner. Yeah. 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 So, so link the gap, bridge the gap there for us. Where do you go from PA school to how did you get introduced to? Yeah. Work? So, um, figured out pretty quick. I love surgery was really interested in that. Um, and I liked emergency medicine. So out of school, um, you know, it was 2009, um, found a job in emergency medicine at mm-hmm. a big level one trauma center in Rochester. Mm. Um, worked there for a couple of years and then it just kind of burned out pretty quick. It's shift yeah. work, super high stress. Um, shifts are what? 18 so, hours? I mean, how long are uh, shifts? No, the, the most they would let us do is 12-hour shifts. Okay, okay. Um, so but it could be full of it. Well, that those are residents, right? So okay. residency programs are just a whole other okay. uh, situation. Um, but uh, it was shift work. So you could be working, you know, eight hours from, you know, uh, midnight to eight. Or yeah. you could be working a 12-hour, seven to seven, just uh-huh. like. There were days where I just, I'd wake up and not know what day it was. So, um, decided I wanted to pursue surgery, orthopedic surgery. So, um, started that at a, at a big hospital in Rochester, did that for about a a year and a half and then decided I didn't like the cold weather anymore and wanted to come someplace South and, uh, had a good friend went to college with that moved to Austin. He kind of planted the seed. I'd been thinking about it, scored a job and moved to Austin 2012, joined a, um, a busy orthopedic group. Specifically, I joined a hip and knee specialist. Yeah. So we were doing mostly uh, hip and knee replacements, uh, ACL reconstructions, knee scopes. Yeah. Um, I mean, Texas is prime for that, right? Like high school sports. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, plenty. Um, plenty although those. majority of our work was was hip and knee replacement. Oh, okay. Um, right. So mostly dealing with you know yeah, advanced arthritis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but did that for about eight years uh, under a really great surgeon, uh, and then you know I, I just felt like I was always kind of a biohacker, mm-hmm. you know, coming out of with my athletic background, I always like to work out, stay in shape and, um, was just always looking to improve my health and, um, was doing the biohacking thing on the side and, and was just like, you know, some days I'd go to work and I would just find myself, you know, injecting cortisone into, into big joints that were arthritic. And we didn't have time to talk about nutrition or sleep or exercise. And, you know, we're seeing 40 patients a day and, and, um, I love the patients. I love the people I worked with, but I just was like, I just didn't, I don't, I just feel like I was on the front line spinning my wheels, Yeah, you know, and, yeah. and seeing people get, you know, just the general population is getting more unhealthy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I decided I really wanted to, to change it up and pursue the precision medicine, the, the biohacking, the, the performance medicine piece a little bit more. And, um, you know, it took a while to really find that. And, and luckily I was able to get connected with a, a Puron, a company that's based out of Austin that really does kind of concierge level, um, precision performance medicine, um, comprehensively and, uh, worked with them, uh, for a couple of years, learned a tremendous amount. Um, and then, uh, was introduced to, to Jason and Bill over at Wellcore. Mm. 
And I'd already done a little bit of work in telemedicine. Yeah. Um, and so it was just seemed to be a great fit and a great opportunity. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. I, I love it because I can, I can only imagine it's like, Hey, like, yes, like business is good. It's busy. We've got tons of knees and hips to replace, but what if they didn't have to go through this? What mm-hmm. if they had healthy knees and hips right. because they were taking care of themselves early on and they had a plan early on. Right. Did that, did that mess you up mentally at all? Like you, you had this, maybe, maybe you had an idea of what that career was going to be like going into it. And then maybe it wasn't so much what you thought. Did that? It, yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a bit of a um, confronting uh, position to be in because um, I loved working with, with patients and helping them improve their health. But I felt like I was kind of limited in what I could do. I didn't have the time to do it really, you know, uh, it was just focused on ortho. And so it was, yeah, it was a tough, it was a tough yeah. call to make. Yeah. Um, again, my mom was very encouraging and saying, you know, you gotta, you gotta take some chances. Yeah. And, uh, the, the shift was, was exactly what I needed. And I'm, I'm so happy I did it. Awesome. awesome. I love it. Okay. So Wellcore. So you briefed it a little bit, Jason, on, um, what kind of the thought process was behind it. You know, your, your co-founder coming from the low T center. Um, but what, it, what was the initial, what was the mission and, and, and what were y'all trying to do that was different that hasn't been done in the market before? Yeah. So being that it started with just an idea of normalized hormone replacement therapy, mm-hmm. hormone optimization is what we like to say. Mm-hmm. Um, we like, I'm a customer and have been for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And some of the other members of the company are too, but to build a business, we didn't want to just do a, you know, look alike to everything else that was out there. So we just took a step back and identified the obvious hurdles mm-hmm of at home hormone replacement therapy, which is it's painful to give blood. Mm-hmm. That's a big hurdle that you have to talk people into. Like it, it's finger prick or it's going to the lab and getting a big old needle in your arm. Mm-hmm. Um, the second was self-administration of the medications. Mm-hmm. And for men with testosterone, it's injectable. Asking someone to shove a needle into their leg or their upper glute, like that's a big ask. Absolutely. So we set out to try and solve that. Mm-hmm. So we market our offering as painless at home hormone replacement therapy, because we do have a device Mm. that will collect whole blood from your arm, 600 microliters of blood, by the way, we're not talking about enough to run all the labs that you need. Yeah. No Theranos jokes. Like it's not just a drop of blood. It's Uh it's quite a bit of blood. Um, And from that, we're able to do a comprehensive panel that is a requirement for the clinical team. Yep. We had, I wouldn't call it debate. It was more like, Hey guys, what data do you need from the human body to do this really, really well, mm-hmm. safely and effectively? Mm-hmm. We get the list. All right. We got to go figure this list out. We have yeah. to figure out how to do it without asking someone to go to a lab, Yeah, which is an option. Like we could send you to a lab. Yeah. Sure. That's um, what everybody else pretty much does, right? It's yeah. like, oh, hey, go to Quest, go to whatever. Or it's your the labs. finger prick dry yeah. blood spot. Yeah. Which just we're make sure you come of. back in, you know, get it done two, three weeks before you come in and there you go. All right. Yep. So we, we feel like we solved two of the biggest pain points, no pun intended, um, of at home HRT, but we didn't want to stop there. Um, we wanted to create a very high end, like premium experience because I don't know about you guys, but like, I've never interacted with a healthcare provider or an entity and felt like I was at a Neiman Marcus or, you know, at a Ferrari dealership, like right. something nice, like make me feel special. So we not one that 
was affordable or attainable, right? Like in Dallas, you've got the Cooper Clinic. Yeah. Okay. You've got to you've got to go, and you got to make your appointment eighteen months in advance. Or there's another group, Fountain Life. I'm not sure if you're familiar yeah. with them. Um, so, Taylor Scott and White's facility up here does executive physicals. Like yeah. Cooper's going to charge you three, four, five thousand. But what you're describing doesn't exist to the general population. The high-end premium at-home yeah, experience? Yes. We it, don't think so. Yes. I mean, we're yeah. we're very familiar with our competition. Yes. And we think we're up here, of yeah. course. Yeah. yeah. But we leave no stone unturned, whether it's the digital experience where it feels like you're shopping at your normal e-com mm -hmm. website, buying the assessment kit, mm -hmm. all the way through to the packaging that shows up at your house. Mm. Like, if you end up on program because someone on the clinical team deemed you a good fit, you're getting a box that we call internally the nuclear launch code box because you open it up. Everything's die cut foam. Everything is placed real nicely. Uh, the instruction manual is inspired by Ikea simplicity, but with more design. Uh, we want you to feel like you're a millionaire or a billionaire getting yeah. a service that only you have access yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all really did think of everything. And, and, and to me, if I'm going to adopt a new habit, it's got to be convenient. Yeah. Very low barrier of entry. At this point in my life, I've got so much craziness going on. And so I'm glad that y'all addressed that. It seems like you addressed that. Well, just think on. through the entire process of trying to go see a doctor and get something looked at. Like, it's yeah. daunting. Right. So yeah. what What do we do? Yeah. Nothing. Right. Yeah. Or we go to Google. Yeah. Google is, told and, me years ago that 76% is, of all adults in the United States go to Google first when they have an ailment. Wow. Oh, yeah. That's 100%. My wife, yeah. my, wife, <laughs> my in-laws, my parents. Every, yeah. 100%. And then it always leads back to the worst case scenario, too. Always. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's the worst yeah. case diagnosis. Yeah. You're like, but I just stumped my toe. I'm going to die? Like, what's yeah. going on? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah, the other the other element, too, is is removing the inconvenience of pharmacies, too, which have become, in my opinion, kind of a cluster. Like, they're really hard to deal with. Um, you know, there's a shortage of medication, right? It's hard to get certain things. And and so that's been that's been the biggest pain point for me is like, okay, look, I only know that I want to go here because everyone, like, you know, the CVS is the, all these, it's, it's a nightmare to yeah. deal with with them. So to have it directly sent to you and then to have access to a clinical team that can walk you through the whole process. I mean, that's, yeah. you guys, send, you bring a sign up sheet. <laughs> it is in like, I'm not, we haven't even talked about the benefits of it. Like no, we're going to no, get into the clinical yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. We're diving into that, but yeah. I just, yeah. But all of those things in our opinion, add up to better access to care but also just better care. Yeah. Like if you've established a relationship with someone on our clinical team and they're kind of like right there available to you on your phone, mm -hmm. like you don't have that with your other doctors. Yeah. You've got to yeah. go through, you know, the front desk and then you're going through somebody else and you might see the doctor when they come by to just shake your hand and walk out of the room. Right. They've got to crank through appointments as fast as they can to put right. food on the table. Mm -hmm. Right. And like that, we're not putting our clinical team in those situations. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, let's let's do a little uh, let's do a little discovery here. So I, as I, I don't remember if I said this on or off record, but I am a novice to to this world. I know nothing about it other than what I've read, per, you know, sporadically on the internet. Tyler does mm -hmm. this himself. Mm -hmm. So again, we're we're kind of on blast, man. <laughs> we're kind of both on on opposite ends of the spectrum. So I'm going to ask a lot of dumb questions because yeah. I'm sure there's out, people out listening that are you know as curious as I am. Maybe let's set the table with when you say hormone replacement therapy, what are you talking about? What what are hormones? What type of hormones are we talking? What what is this whole world? Why would I want to replace my hormones? What is this about? 
I'm going to let the clinician take that one. <laughs> sure. Uh, so hormones are, are chemical messengers that uh, have different functions throughout the body from um, cognition to, uh, you know, um, musculoskeletal functions, um, cognition, um, cardiovascular work. Uh, I mean, it, it really does. They, they run everything in the body. And so hormone replacement is really just um, the idea that uh, these hormones decline as we age. Uh, for men, it's a steady decline. For women, it's a very abrupt kind of yeah. uh, cliff. And that's what menopause is. Yeah. Um, and we're, hormones can be kind of broken down into the sexual hormones, like testosterone and estrogen and progesterone, and then um, some of the non other non-sexual hormones like thyroid. Um, but really, the replacement piece is just providing it back. Um, doesn't necessarily have to be gone completely, but we're just supporting it so that there's more of it um, so that it can kind of do its job. You said it declines with age. What, is that just that's just a normal bodily? I mean, is there what are yeah, some things? Is there that, environmental factors? Right. Is, it, is it diet? Is it li I mean lifestyle? Is it you know sleep, stress? What are some of the things? All of that, the above. Okay. Yeah, they, they lifestyle factors absolutely can make it um, more abrupt and make it worse. But even the healthiest person in the world is going to have a steady decline in their hormones. That's just the way we are. We evolved, right? Yeah, we, right. We we were meant to procreate. Yeah. You're at your, your peak physically um, in, in terms of uh, the ability to procreate around 20, and then it's a gradual decline in these hormones. I was hoping you were going to say your peak at 38. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> darn it, I missed it. Someday, someday. Yeah. So, so maybe skipping ahead, but to those people that say, well, why would I want to do something that's not – it's natural for this to decline as I age. Why would I want to replace? Why would I want to – yeah, you know, so that brings something outside. Yeah, great question. I mean, the aging process is quote unquote natural, okay. but it's really uncomfortable too, and it shortens your life. So, you know, I think any clinician uh, who's practicing responsibly would 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 agree that it's we should probably treat heart disease, the number one killer of all people in the world, mm -hmm. right? That's a natural process too. The narrowing of the arteries starts when we're babies and progresses, and by the time you know you're sixty, seventy, it's there. Everyone has it. Um, of varying degrees and uh, we treat that right everyone agrees we should treat heart disease we, mm -hmm. should, we should treat cholesterol and high blood pressure those are all natural processes um, well you know the aging process also removes some of these hormones and as a result you know your 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 body changes in such a way that it's there's pain it's uncomfortable you're at a high risk you know a higher risk to fall you there's disability i mean we just it doesn't have to be that way so what we'd like to do is be able to optimize these hormones, allow your, you to continue to function longer, better. And then, you know, we don't, this is not a magical elixir. We're not trying to keep you around forever. Um, but that decline can be a little bit more abrupt than a kind of a, the last 10 years of your life is a slow mm. kind of decline of, of function. Yeah. Um, so it just, it allows you to live better longer. Gotcha. So uh, to his question is uh, hormone replacement. Now, those hormones, are they synthetic? Are they naturally made? How are those? Because I think one of the questions is, well, why would I want to put something synthetic into my body? Aren't there, aren't there more natural ways to remedy, to, to boost testosterone? Because mm -hmm. you hear, I mean, you hear them on the radio, you see them on TV, like natural testosterone um, pills or whatever, right? Increase it naturally. Well, you're still taking a pill. Like, mm -hmm. what does that mean? What's the difference between natural increase in testosterone and s synthetic? There are some things you can do to increase your natural production of testosterone. Mm -hmm. There are some supplements 
you know, if, if, if lifestyle is off and you're not sleeping, improving that can improve testosterone production. Um, but the hormones we use pretty much, you know, people in the, in the HRT space now are using bioidentical hormones. And that's really just a fancy word for saying it's a chemical structure that's almost identical to what's made in the body, but we've added on a couple of things to be able to increase absorption over a week. Got it. But the body recognizes it as very much the same. Whereas, you know, in the early 2000s, um, they were using synthetic hormones. Mm. And that's where a lot of this bad press and misconceptions came, particularly in the female hormones, yeah. about an increased risk of breast cancer and cardiovascular disease. It's because a lot of those hormones they were using in those big studies were synthetic. Mm. Go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, a lot of us walking around avoid the doctor at all costs. Mm. The inconvenience, it's scary, you know, I feel fine, right? So most of us walking around probably don't realize we have these suboptimal, you know, hormone levels. What are some signs and symptoms? What can people look out for in the way they feel uh, to, to maybe uh, get them in the door of maybe I should look into this further? Yeah, I would say the big ones um, are, you know, cognitively it could be brain fog, lack of focus, lack of concentration, um, just low energy throughout the day. Um, you're going to notice changes with your body. It's not as easy to put on muscle. Um, you're not seeing the, sa the same strength gains. If you are doing resistance training, you're noticing fat accumulation comes on easier. Um, you can notice some sexual function changes mm -hmm. uh, for both men and women. Um, those are the, I would say those are the big ones yeah. that most people come to us and, and are reporting. Um, I just yeah. checked all those boxes, by I was, the way. I was just going to say, so yeah, real life, real life case study is kind of same deal is I, I never thought testosterone was, was a challenge for me. Um, and then I I probably, I turned 34, 35 and, um, you know, I, I had, I had had an inconsistency working out. And I was buried with work and I had just retired from the NFL and I was like, really? And anyways, long story short is there was a 34, 35. It was harder to get up in the morning. It was like you said, the brain fog that was real. And I was, I was thinking, okay, man, am I, am I like, you know, having these post concussion issues? Am I, you know, what's, and I was worried about that and just my motivation, my, my sexual drive was, was not there. Um, which was totally uncommon for me. It was just, there was depression. There was, there was just a ton of things. And I was like, I just can't get out of this funk. It was it just felt like I was in this funk for probably two years. I just couldn't shake. I couldn't shake. And, uh, and so just, I had a conversation with a friend who's like, Hey, I, these are kind of all things that I did look into this. So I just had done a bunch of research, yeah. uh, on it. And, and I had always had the misconception of like, well, once I start taking it, like it's not my testosterone. Once I start taking it, then I'm going to stop producing it. And I don't want to do that because now I got to take it forever. Um, and, and then I, I had a conversation uh, with, with someone else and they, they said, well, are you going to take probiotics for the rest of your life? Are you going to work out for the rest of your life? Multivitamins. You, you're still doing, you're still, look, you're at an age where in order to enhance your quality of life, you are going to have to maintain, you're going to have to take care of yourself. And there's a regimen as a part of that. Mm -hmm. So whether you do this for the rest of your life or not, why, why is that something that's going to stop you? Mm -hmm. And, and finally I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to dig into it. Yeah. And, uh, and so I had got my blood work done and I was in like the low two hundreds from like a testosterone standpoint at 35. 
And, and so it was like, listen, yeah, I, th- I think that we should, and, you know, just kind of see how it goes. And, and honestly, it, it probably three or four weeks, I started to feel like a completely different person. Like just getting out of bed, like mm-hmm. getting up for, you know, 5 a.m. workout wasn't like the end of the world every single day. Like it was like, okay, cool. Like I'm good. And I mean, honestly, mood was different. Like my wife was like, you're just better to be around, honestly. And so it was, it was something for me that really, and again, I had this misconception because playing professional sports, playing in college, right? It's like, oh, like testosterone, like the dudes that are doing that are getting popped, right? And they're getting their test. So I just had this misconception of like, oh, it's it's steroids. But like the dosage is so low, it's all it is 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 equaling out your levels to where you should be at as a healthy adult. And so, and again, I may be speaking out of turn, but in my experience, it, it has been a complete game changer and totally changed my mindset so um that was just a little bit of real 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 life testimony one thing i do have a question on is the stopping the natural production of testosterone so is that a real thing and you know how is that addressed how do you look at something like that you mean if you start if you start yeah yeah. so if you start exogenous testosterone whether it's a cream or injections Uh um the brain senses the levels are higher yeah. in the body. And so as a result, it stops sending those signals down to the testes. Uh-huh. So you do see, you guarantee ball, you're going you to shrinkage, yes, testicular balls. atrophy and shrinkage, right? He says testes. Sorry. We say nutsack. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm a 16 year old stuck in a 38 year old's body. So <laughs> yeah. sorry about that. That's, uh, that's <laughs> good. <laughs> um, so yeah, the signals just, they don't, they don't come down to the testes as much. And as a result, um, you don't, you don't produce your own testosterone and sperm, um, as much. Um, if you stop the testosterone, that, that pathway will reverse and go back to its baseline. Okay. The longer you're on testosterone, it does take typically longer. longer to get back to it. Okay. Unless we have, we have tools to speed up that process. Okay. Um, but, uh, Yes, it is true that if you if you take exogenous testosterone, it will reduce your yeah. own natural production of testosterone and sperm while you're on the medication. Got it. Yeah. Okay. The I, non-clinical I, response to that is like when it comes to symptoms and how you're feeling is like, uh, man, is this for me? Like my comparison, because this happened to me in my mid to late 20s and get into that later. But it if you don't feel like you did, then you could probably benefit. Yeah. Mm. Because like he said, over time, like – your balls yeah. are only going to produce what they're capable of producing. Yeah. And when you bring it in from the outside, it's like, oh, I don't need to produce that small amount that I was producing, so yeah. I'm going to chill. Yeah. But we're getting you back up to yeah. like an optimal range. Yeah. yeah. And it's not about getting it as high as possible. Like it is not that yeah. at all. Right. The clinical team determines what is good for you, your health history, your makeup, your goals, how you feel. Yeah. Like everyone's number of uh, where they feel good is going to be different. I was just going to ask what a healthy slash optimal range is. Like what, what are we talking here? I mean, you're talking about many, many, many millions of men in the United States. And there is not a number that you can put on all of us that says like, this is where you should be. Yeah. The books say, and correct me if I'm wrong, say that the, Optimal ranges are somewhere between 300 and 900. Yeah. The That's range a, is huge. Yeah. The normal yeah, range. Yeah. They don't, they don't speak to the optimal range. Right. Yeah. That really just comes from clinicians who do this and yeah. see how, what, what levels produce the best outcome and how, how men feel and women feel. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've heard, I've heard, uh, and I'm probably gonna get the terminology wrong, but 
free testosterone and total testosterone? Is that right. the two different ones? What's the difference in those two? Right. So the free is the unbound uh, testosterone. That's the active form of testosterone that's actually able to get into the cells, and that's where the bi- the biological benefits come from. Okay. Um, that's the stuff that's in your body ready to do work. Got is right. how I like to describe it. Okay. So is it fair to say that's the more important number? It is. That okay. is that is definitely the more important number. Uh, a lot of people still dictate treatment based on the total number, which yeah. which just doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you understand how free testosterone works. Um, so that's that's really the difference. Okay. And is what the free test you said three hundred to nine hundred is a wide range. What about that's free? the total number? So yeah, free, free the hundred. Yeah, the hundreds is the total. Right. The free is like a double digit number, right? It's typically one to two percent of total. Okay. Yeah. So if if total is nine hundred, yeah, if total is nine hundred, free is typically going to be nine. Okay. Eight to nine. I'm not being disrespectful. I'm actually pulling up my labs right now. Yeah, I figured so, you were. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> so we're, we're obviously four dudes, six dudes in the room, talking a lot about male replacement, but I'm assuming females could benefit from this as well. More than absolutely, we um, okay. definitely, because they have such an abrupt decline in their in their hormones, and it's not just testosterone; it's estrogen, it's progesterone. Um, DHEA. So, uh, yeah, it's, it impacts them much more, uh, quickly than it does males. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's very abrupt and, and the symptoms can be much worse. Yeah. Um, so it is, it's extremely important from a business perspective. Is it harder to reach the female demographic? Cause again, the, the mentality early, again, the stereotype is, there's just a bunch of bros that want to get jacked, but what, what's your, it's sort of counterintuitive. Uh, that's how I would describe it. Um, the men have been marketed to for decades. What's your number? Sorry. 20, 23. Is that low? 23. Free? 23? Yeah. It depends on the units they're using. Okay. Sorry. I don't know. This Sorry. is interesting though. That was yeah. interesting. Sorry. What's your here, total? We're over here mathing. Total was, uh, and this is, by the way, I had been off for like two months. Uh, just cause I was lazy and I didn't like remember culture. We're lazy. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> But uh, I had been off because I just hadn't gone and gotten labs. Uh, 182. Sorry, it was lower than that. It was my total. Wow. 182. That's impressively yeah. low. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds low. Yeah. Okay, I don't know nothing, but that sounds I mean, low. I mean, st- when still- he talked about 900 compared yeah, to right, right, right. Yeah. One of those is lower than the other. So, <laughs> and, and, it was a, and it was a notice. Those two months, there was a noticeable difference just in, just in my overall daily performance. And I'm talking you know, at work, interacting with people, parenting, being a husband, all Definitely. of those things. There was a noticeable difference. And, yeah, it was like my wife had to literally like, call and make my appointment. She says, I don't know why you just haven't gone. And, it, and she's anti, like, she won't even take ibuprofen. Like, she's anti-medicine, but she just has seen the benefits and how I feel mm-hmm. just, you know, on a daily basis. So, sorry. Yeah. No, let's I'm close the loop on, because we do have three females that listen to this podcast. Yeah, so, so let's, yeah, let's, yeah. let's talk to those three. <laughs> we'll talk to all three. Yeah, so guys, we've been marketed this stuff for decades. Mm. And it's typically packaged as, pardon the language, but one of our uh, female teammates coined this term. It was always about boners and biceps mm-hmm. yeah. because it's easy to market to dudes about that stuff. Yeah. We know that it's about so much more than that. Yes, it's right. sleep, drive, mental acuity. Uh, there's a lot of studies talking about how it can help fight depression, mm-hmm. heart disease. Uh, the benefits are vast. Mm-hmm. With the ladies, uh, I can respect that their health care, especially preventative health care, yeah. has been pretty much ignored. For decades, yeah, um, but I can damn sure understand how important preventative health care is. Mm-hmm. Which is, I put 
hormone optimization in the preventative healthcare bucket. Yeah. Um, so ladies, whether it's birth control, just natural cycles to Ryan's point, like they kind of fall off a cliff or they're pushed off a cliff by introducing things like birth control. Um, so your question of, is it hard to reach that audience? No, mm. they've, we've actually discovered that they're extremely eager mm. to have some help because yeah. they've been ignored for so long. I yeah. Imagine. Yeah. Now, um, we, we've talked about, and, and we're going to continue talking about it, but like the TRT, the HRT kind of component of it. But as y'all are doing, you know, the, the overall lifestyle optimization, are there other things that you're looking for? I mean, are you looking at gut health? Are you looking at any other, any other items that could ultimately affect kind of just human performance? This is where some of the entrepreneurship and like startup and building a business comes in. Yeah. We have aspirations of getting into several different areas mm -hmm. to hit that like big vision mm -hmm. of complete personal optimization. Yeah. Hormone optimization is, in our opinion, a foundational element Agreed. of overall health and wellness. We got to start there because your diets, your workout plans, mm -hmm. your cold plunges, like there's a bunch of marginal gains hiding in there. But like if you're battling a hormone imbalance, mm -hmm. I don't want to say you're wasting your time, but like you could be doing so much better. Mm. So we want to nail this part of the business. Uh, we want to be really, really, really good at it. We want to be like the number one company for normalizing at-home hormone replacement therapy. Yeah. And then moving into nutrition, nutritional coaching, nutritional supplementation, um, you know, activity tracking, but also like fitness coaching. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we'll probably have to find our way into mental health if we're able to realize that vision. Yeah. So yeah, we've got a big roadmap yeah. and like big, yeah. big, big aspirations, but we're going to make sure we do this really well first. Mm. Yeah. I spent a little bit of time in the fitness industry and a lot of the questions. Did I you really? Get, yeah. It's just a short stint. Oh, and a lot of the questions that. I would get were like these <laughs> secondary, you know, what supplements should I take? And, yeah. you know, these things that don't really ultimately matter if you're not yeah. taking care of the big stuff. Yeah. yeah. And so it's exactly what you're talking about. Like the big rocks need to be handled first yep. and then everything else will fall into place yeah. from there. Yeah. So it's, it's hard to hear because of some, somebody that doesn't do this yet that I'm could more or less be wasting my time because I feel like I'm working really hard, but I'm not money. seeing the yeah. results. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, well, take care of the big rock first, take care yeah. of the big. So, first. so let's just say someone has not, put their health at the forefront and, and they're just kind of in an unhealthy phase of life. So most of the United States go on. Correct. Yes. yes. Um, is this something, look, Hey, let's, let's go and get panels. Let, let's do an, a self-assessment from a, a hormone perspective. Do they, do they go there first or is it, all right, I need to go kind of get my, my, my gym regimen and my nutrition in place first. It, it, it's, it, is it chicken or the egg on this one? We're all different. So, um, for me, like I was already an athlete before I lost the ability to be an athlete. And that's what kind of sent me down this spiral. Um, what I've seen with folks that are mostly unhealthy, maybe overweight, bad eating habits, bad sleep habits, this ends up being the catalyst that enables them to go do things like, I think I'm going to get a gym membership mm. or I think I'm gonna start walking or I'm gonna start running. Or you know what? I'm actually going to start looking at the labels of what I'm eating mm -hmm. 
or maybe I will get on, you know, some sort of diet. Hopefully they do that with some clinical oversight yeah. because just picking a diet, yeah. there is no one size fits all. Yeah. Like, don't tell me I to go eat a bunch pick of my kale diet. and like vegetables. I usually pick my diet based on Instagram. So. Oh, perfect. Yeah. You're going to be just fine. Perfect. <laughs> so, yeah, this is an enable, uh, uh, an enabler mm -hmm. in our opinion. I, I was hoping you'd say that because I, having felt it, um, I was already working out. I was doing those things. But if you have a hard time going to the gym and then just like suffering through it, give yourself the opportunity to start feeling good. And like you said, okay, you know what? Right. I'm, I feel let's, I'm going to go for a walk today and I'm going to start there. And then, you know what? I'm going to actually do a little bit of resistance training with some bands that I've got at the house, whatever. You know what? Now it's time to go to the gym because I think one thing, and, and we had a conversation uh, yesterday, um, with uh with kind of a, a an online fitness coaching company i guess essentially wellness type of deal but is people don't want to go to the gym for a number of reasons right they're embarrassed they don't know what they're doing they don't want like he he was saying one of the main reasons people don't go to the gym is because they don't want to get in somebody's way because they don't feel like they deserve to be there and they're just going to be in someone's way mm -hmm. i mean there's all these psychological reasons why you don't go but i would imagine number one is i just don't feel good i'm tired and I just don't feel great. That's the last place I want to go. Right. So give yourself the opportunity to start to correct that hormonal imbalance or that hormonal deficit and get yourself to a place where, oh, yeah, you know what? I'm feeling spunky today. Let's go. Yeah. Like so. increased confidence is strangely yeah. uh, a result that can come from optimized hormones based yeah. on what clients tell us. Yeah. Like, you said you, did you, did you say earlier you've been doing this for 15 years? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. perception is reality. I, I feel like his this balls is just, are super lazy now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is something that just came out of nowhere the last couple of years. But yeah. Clearly it's been around for a mm -hmm. while. Well, my situation is unique. Okay. I mean, I, I lost the ability to walk in 2004. Wait, oh, wait. okay. Yeah. So, so let's, let's, let's go there. Yeah. We skipped no, over so that I, I grew up playing baseball, football, basketball, uh -huh. golf. I mean, Texas boy, like we're yeah. playing all oh. those sports yeah. out of the womb. Um, 2004, I'm wanting to go out for a semi-pro football team down in Austin. Mm. And at the time, I was like 195, 198, and I liked hitting people. I was a free safety. Mm -hmm. So psychopath. I started looking at the rosters. You too? No, I said you were a psychopath. Yeah. yeah basically. Yeah. <laughs> hey, my favorite kind. I grew my up watching Steve Atwater, man. Like, I yeah. want to hit people. Yeah. Woodson, you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I wanted to put on a few LBs because I started looking at the rosters of the teams and I'm looking at the wideouts and the running backs and the fullbacks. And I'm like, I need to be a little bit heavier before I try to destroy those people. Mm -hmm. So the fastest way for me to put on weight was legs. Yeah. I'm at the gold gym in South Austin yes. and I'm in the squat cage. Oh no. And I'm warming up because back then I was bigger. I've got two plates on each side to yeah. warm up. Yeah. Right. And the rack or the bar wasn't centered on my mm -hmm. back. I could see it in the mirror. Well, back then I could just, Shrug it. Yeah. Move it. And I shrugged it. And when it came down on my shoulders, my core was relaxed and my spine wasn't aligned. So L5S1 got cheese grated, basically cut in half and spit out the back. And my leg stopped working. Oh Luckily, I was gosh. at the top of the squat and I just fell forward in the rack and put the bar up. And I like had to just kind of like shimmy and grab, you know, every Smith machine and leg press machine on my way to like the exit. And I look up, and at the time, my roommate uh, was up on the elliptical or something. And he's doing this. I'm like, get down here. Like, get your ass down here. I, 
I've got a problem. This guy had to like put me in his little car that he called a sports car. I hope he watches this. It was not a sports car. <laughs> the Miata, wasn't it? I know. Uh, it close, <laughs> close. Uh, but he had to like help me up the stairs to the apartment. And embarrassingly enough, he had to like put me in bed. Like I was oh messed my up. Because I used to work for a group of spine surgeons. Like I knew what was going on. Yeah. So I was bedridden for several weeks and surgery was not an option. I wasn't going to do it. And I found a myopractor hmm. who uh, kind of, of it. it's not a chiropractor. Like they're look like myofascial release, like uh, kind of okay. realigning okay. you. Okay. Man, he got in there and did a bunch of stuff and got me back on my feet. Mm-hmm. I still had a horrible limp and horrible sciatica, but I was at least mobile. Mm-hmm. So I started PT. And, you know, another few weeks, couple months goes by. Well, then I'm starting to realize that there's more than just the spine injury here. I no longer cared about my work and I loved my job. Didn't care about work. I didn't want to work out. PT was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Sex drive disappeared, which, you know, mid to late twenties is alarming. Yes. Uh, Sleep wasn't great. The the brain fog, the ability to solve complex problems, that went out the window. And I kind of got to a point where I was looking for a bridge to jump off of. Like, no way. get me out of here. I don't want to be here anymore. And at the time, I had a friend that trained uh, bodybuilders, physique competitors, yep. stuff like that, that had dealt with a bunch of back pain. They were like, you might want to go and see a doctor to, like, get some blood work done. You've got a lot, like, going on. And I went to this facility in West Austin where one of the things on their menu was hormone replacement therapy, but I didn't even know what a hormone was. Right. <laughs> I mean, I grew up like in the era of watching, you know, McGuire and Canseco and right. Bonds mm-hmm. and Sosa. Yeah. I mean, and, I mean, really even Arnold, right? Like Arnold was yeah. still relevant when we were growing up. It yeah, but I still... hadn't seen Bigger, Stronger, Faster yet. So I hadn't connected those dots. Yeah. But uh, I went in and got a bunch of blood work done. And he set me down to go through it like a week later and was like, yeah, you've got the hormone levels of like a 65 year old man. Mm. And I'm like, cool. What are hormones? Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. (laughs) And he explained it and he's explaining all of the things that we're talking about now that like the symptoms, what you're feeling, how you feel, what you're not willing or able to do anymore. And I'm like, yeah, I need that. Mm. Uh, And literally like in the clinic that day, like, he ran a needle into my thigh and I, I, I felt like guilty because mm-hmm. I felt like I had a crutch now or that I was like cheating. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. That's, an, that's a hang up for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what was on the news, right? Is like, man, there's all these athletes. They're yeah. bad people. They cheated. Yeah, yeah. I don't have world anti-doping USADA or <laughs> the NFL breathing down my neck, telling me what I can and can't do to live a good life. Yeah. So even though it took me years to get over it, that was when I started. And I smiled when you started using the timeline of like four weeks, five weeks. I started feeling like, you know, 25, 26 year old Jason again. Mm -hmm. And not only was I back, like I was really back. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was back in the gym. I was back on the football field. I was back on the baseball field. Uh, That was round about the time I started like trying to build all these companies and startups. Like I was on fire. And I attribute the comeback to getting, you know, my hormones balanced, you know, back where they need to be. Mm -hmm. But when I say that my situation was different, I had lost the ability to do all those things. It was there the whole time. You know, was I 
a little bit lazy, maybe not taking full advantage of what I have. Yeah, for sure. But I lost it. Yeah. And I had it back. I wasn't going to lose it again. Yeah. yeah. That, that's a hang up for me when I think about this whole thing is the ego part of, because I spent a lot of my time pressing the easy button, looking for the shortcut, the easiest route. Yeah. And so that's a hang up for me now. Is like, no, I can do this by myself. I don't need that extra help. I, hard work's going to get me there. Yeah. And so it, it's overcoming that that ego and my, me saying this. Put it side by side with any nutritional supplement, right. any workout regimen. Don't take Tylenol or ibuprofen when you get a headache because that's, that's not natty. All right. Yeah. Get with it. Yeah. Yeah. Let the process just happen, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like my hang up with how this stuff has been marketed marketed in the past has kept so many people away from it for all of these reasons. Right. Yeah. To yeah. which I say, like, think of it as a supplement. Mm-hmm. It's something that at least your body was making before. Right. Yeah. We introduce foreign substances all the time and call them nutritional supplements. Yeah. You're putting something back that nature took away from you. Yeah. For me, mine was abrupt. You know, people that get out of professional sports, people who come off of active duty, uh, no longer in the military, like their lifestyle abruptly changes Yeah, and it has an effect on your chemical makeup. Yeah. Mine but, took an injury. Yeah. Another couple of hangups I have is the ego part. Um, it's also cost and long-term health. Mm. And what's this is going to do to me 20 years from now if I start now? So maybe address those two. What, what yeah. are we talking cost-wise? Is this affordable? I mean, I'm sure there's a range, but. No, that's yeah. part of our, one of our principles was like making pricing simple and transparent. Because okay. if you go to any doctor right now, like let's, I've had ACL reconstruction. We've had epidurals from spine injuries and other things. No one can tell you how much something's going to cost. No. no. Because the answer to the blind. question is however much we can get from you and, and your insurance. Yes. That's the answer. That's right. So for us, uh, when we set out to build the business, you know, we obviously have to make a profit. We bring money in. It allows us to grow us, to grow it, reach more people. Uh, we've got our service priced at two twenty five a month, but it's billed quarterly because we're going to send you, if you're a good fit for the program, a 90-day supply. It's no different than when you go to the pharmacy. When you get a 90-day supply of something, you're paying for all 90 days. Right. Yeah. So we collect all 90 days, but from then on, it's all-inclusive. All your blood work all the fancy painless devices, the consultations with the doctors, there is no extra charge for any of that stuff. It's rolled into that. You with talking with the clinical staff quarterly, correct? Or is that, okay. So no matter how much you need or don't need, it's a, how much a month? 225. That's less than some gym memberships. Yeah. 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 Wow, that's very reasonable. Yeah. What about the long-term effects? And and Yeah, because, and I do... I do from my perspective, right, is there are these, you know, and I, I don't mean to take a shot at your co-founder, but like these low T, these men's T clinics, they're, they're all over. Um, and so I'm sure that there's a percentage of those that probably don't monitor well. And if you come in and you want it, you'll get it. You had mentioned multiple times is if the clinical staff says that you qualify and need this these services. So maybe talk through that. Like what are you what are you looking for and how do you actually qualify so that to make sure, hey, look, we're not putting an unhealthy level of of hormones in your system so that, you know, long term effects come into play. Sure. So uh anytime we're seeing a new client, we always want to use the blood work, their current serum levels of total and free testosterone as well as bunch of other hormones and we look at some other biomarkers that look at liver and kidney and uh, heart function. Um, you always want to 
consider those as well as symptoms. And symptoms are really important. Um, studies have shown again and again that someone's level of testosterone does not correlate with how they're going to feel. In other words, you know, you could have 10 guys in a room and they could all have very similar total testosterone levels and very different symptoms. And that's because the biology is different. Some men need more to feel better. Some need less. And that comes down to receptor sensitivity and um, things like that. But uh, we really have to consider the, the blood work as well as their symptoms. Those are the most important things. So let's just say someone is, is abusing or high, high levels, like abnormal levels, like let's just say from a total testosterone, like in the thousands. Mm -hmm. um, are there any long-term negative effects of that? I mean, is, is there cancer risk? Is there, I mean, what, what could potentially go wrong? Well, I think, you know, the world of bodybuilding has really been showing us that for decades now. Um, and, and these guys are pushing synthetic anabolic steroids, yeah. which are different than what we're using. Yeah. Um, you know, three, four, five X, what, what the doses we're doing. So, um, I think the, the results there are really just the, the heart failure that they have. It builds, I mean, the muscle on their body gets bigger, but the heart, the muscle around the heart gets bigger and, and then it becomes an inefficient pump. Um, so that's one of the biggest things. Um, but they, they also, that world, um, use some other things to suppress estrogen, which probably played a big role in, in the risk of heart attack and heart disease. So, um, we know that, you know, past probably 1200 to 1500, most of those gains are going to be physical, more muscle. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so we, we, you know, most men in our experience feel best between about 800 and 1100. Again, it really depends on the person. Some guys need less. Some guys need more. Uh, so speaking to them about their symptoms, their current lifestyle is really important. Mm -hmm. If I talk to a new client who's sleeping five hours a night and he's, you know, his testosterone is really low and he's 30 years old, so we're going to have that, a really... Is that a bad thing? Yeah, right. <laughs> sleeping, yes. you're dead, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're going to have a, a... Most of our conversation is going to be about sleep. If yeah. you if you saw my WHOOP scores, you'd be like, no wonder, idiot. Like... All right, pull, pull them up. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We do Got turn you. people away, though. I was like, going to ask. I was yeah, going to ask, yeah. You said no to... What, what are the factors that tell you to turn people mm -hmm. away? Why do you say no, Ryan? So, first and foremost, we want to we want to make sure the program is safe. So, we're a little bit more conservative. I would say a lot more conservative than most of the people in this space, um, as well as any clinician you run into in kind of a brick and mortar. Um, we're trying to build this thing at scale. And so... Anybody with uh, a history of blood clots, um, history of uh, certain cancers, um, if we think they're abusing the medication, you know, they're, they're for whatever reason, if it just doesn't add up, you know, um, we, need to, we need to be aware of those things. Um, those are the big contraindications. If somebody's hypertensive, they come into the, uh, you know, their blood pressure is over 140 over 90, we're not going to treat you. You got to go get that taken care of, um, whether it's improve your lifestyle or go get on blood pressure medication before we start before we start the program. What about other like cholesterol that do you look at those numbers? As we do. Well? We look at a traditional cholesterol panel. Mm -hmm. We look at a, a liver enzyme biomarker. We look at kidney function, um, cholesterol, and then all of the sex hormones, testosterone, estrogen, DHEA. Um, and then the, the hormones that come from the brain to tell the testes to make testosterone and sperm, which are luteinizing hormone and follicle stimulating hormone. Yeah. I imagine people that come to you, they're coming because they feel something. <laughs> And so maybe their blood work says they've got a high number, but they're not feeling a certain way. 
Is there a too high of a number that you turn people away or, or do you go more off symptoms and we try and base it more off symptoms. Yeah. Um, but if things just don't add up, I mean, we, you know, we got to dig into that more. I mean, people yeah. are abusing these medications. There, yeah. There's a reason it's yeah. controlled substance and you know, we don't have to get into all that, but I mean, you, you need to, you need to, we need to prescribe these responsibly. Yeah. Mm. Um, something that, that has come on my radar recently and I've just, I've seen it that I'm, I'm, I don't understand, but peptides. Yeah. Right. The difference in, and I don't, is that something that y'all not currently, but okay. it's something we're considering, okay. you know, offering down the, down the road. Okay. What are peptides? What are, what is that? So think of a peptide as a really small, um, protein. Mm-hmm. So, um, these hormones are, are big proteins and they're made up of these small building blocks called amino acids. A peptide is just a, a much smaller segment of these amino acids. Okay. So if you think of a pearl necklace, the hormone is the pearl necklace. If we just take a quarter of that, that could be a peptide. What's the, what's the fuss with all, what's it called? Semi-glu- Semiglutide? What, what's the deal oh, with that? I've heard a lot about that lately. That? It's, like a, it's like a weight loss magic pill or something. Yeah, it's a... Oh. Magic it's, injection. Yeah, magic injection. Yeah. yeah, it's a GLP-1 agonist, which is the the medical term for the category of medicine it's in. But it's um, it was created, you know, five, ten years ago, and and uh, it's really caught steam over the last several years um, because it's so effective at fat loss. Uh, it was originally FDA-approved to treat diabetes, but they noticed these these participants in the studies were losing so much weight. Um, it drastically reduces your hunger. It does a bunch of other metabolic things that allow you to drop the weight, and it even improves blood glucose regulation and control. Um, it's it's really a revolutionary class mm-hmm. of medications. Um, but it, uh, there's a lot of people out there using it when they probably don't need it. Um, instead of changing their lifestyle, they're using these medications mm-hmm. to drop 10, 15 pounds. Yeah. Um, but for some, it's a life-changing tool. Yeah. Unfortunately, it, you know, in most insurances don't cover it. It's expensive. Um, so we're in kind of that place where we have a great tool, really not sure who's, who should use it, who shouldn't, yeah. uh, and how to get it to them in the most, uh, efficient manner. Is yeah. it designed to be long-term or is it a quick Yeah. Studies show if you start it and you lose a bunch of weight, you got to stay on it to lose uh, the weight. Just to keep it off. To keep it off. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah to keep it off. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that, that's a question. And, and, um, we have, people that we're we're close with that that have done it and it's been a game changer yeah but it's it but it's like anything new right and anything that is in medication form like like uh, trt was 10 15 years ago mm-hmm. is oh it's unhealthy like there's no way that you should be losing that weight or there's it's you're you're hurting your body or what are you gonna how are you ever gonna get off of it like and it's 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 so new but i Personally, I've just seen people like it does change their life. Now, the question is, is what's the relationship in body fat and lean mass? Exactly. That what, what yes, is there a reduction in lean mass as well as body fat? Probably. Or? Yeah. Un- unless you're really focusing on protein intake, collagen, mm. uh, most people who are not strategically increasing their protein are, lo- are losing lean mass and fat, yeah. which is totally counterproductive. Yes. yes. Because then your metabolism slows way down, well, right? When well, your just, lean mass decreases. Just from a longevity perspective, one of the best ways to reduce the risk of chronic diseases and bad things happening mm-hmm. and living a shorter life is to, as you get older, maintain and increase your lean muscle. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if, if you're dropping both lean muscle and fat, that's totally counterproductive to yeah. kind of a, uh, comprehensive health. Okay. It's also a little bit worrisome that like some people will start taking some of those meds, the weight just falls off of them and they're like, 
I can just keep eating Twinkies and zebra cakes. Right. Like, this is all good. Yeah, I just have one, to his point, one like, Twinkie a day and I'm stuffed. Yeah. Right. And then you stop taking it. You're like, yeah. weird, all this stuff come back and now I've got all these other like health issues because yes. I didn't make a change. Yeah. And it's and it comes down to like you said, lifestyle change. Does it does it impact your lifestyle change? Because ultimately that's what it is. When we're talking about weight loss and not and weight loss or weight gain and it comes down to caloric intake. Regardless of what you're taking, mm-hmm. it comes it's down an to energy cal- balance equation. That's yeah. right. That's right. So is are you are you um I'm burning. I was trying to think of a more scientific term to sound smarter. I couldn't, but burning more calories than you're consuming. Like that's ultimately, do you lose weight or do you not? It's, it's an oversimplistic way of, of looking at it, but I mean, it it, it is. And so this is something, right. You said there's this pressing. I didn't realize there was more metabolism factors like Mm -hmm. in benefits from it. So that's, that's interesting to learn. And that's awesome. But yeah, are you changing? Are you creating a healthy lifestyle? Like you said, are you making sure that you have the vitamins and nutrients that you do need in your diet now that your diet is reduced, the size of your of your intake is reduced? Um, and that, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming if you're on that, you want to be monitored and you want to be to make sure that, okay, hey, like I am supplementing areas that I'm maybe deficient in because mm-hmm. I'm just not eating as much. Um, but that, yeah, that's an interesting, interesting movement right now. We're seeing I hope a lot people, of people use it as an enablement tool like what we talk about because you talk about the gym and people not wanting to go in like i'm sure we all know a handful of people that you know used to be fit and athletic and now they've like had a few kids they've gotten into their career and they're like i can't go into the gym looking like this but if they can shed some lbs and then get back in there yeah like maybe that's the push that they needed that's what i would like to see but I mean, we it's, can't control. Yeah, how it's just a component it. of a lifestyle. It's not. Yeah. It's not the end all, be all fix. It's. It's part of a healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I know everybody listening to this is going to go to Wellcore for for their needs in this regard. Yeah. But what do people need to look for? There's just again, we. I feel like there's a ton of companies yeah. out there. What? How do we know who's effective? What's safe? How, how do we know who to trust in this field? Yeah, that's hard, and it's a job that our marketing team is tasked with right now, but. Uh, one thing that we like to compare ourselves to, especially when it comes to the competition is, uh, are they using whole blood in there? Are they doing comprehensive panels? Mm. How many analytes or, you know, people use the term biomarkers, how many blood tests basically are they doing? How much data are they getting from you to determine whether or not this is a good fit? And if it is personalizing it to fit your needs, Mm. right? Uh, after that, I think it's about access to care. Uh, the, the, the tight feedback loops that you have with that team. So we assign a clinical team and a, cl- a client success manager to everybody that becomes a client. Uh, that's really important to us because people have questions. I don't get to see all of them because like, I don't look at every single detail in someone's clinical chart. That's not my job. I run a different company than what Ryan works for. Um, but it's blood test. How much data, how convenient is it? Uh, Pricing is a personal decision, mm-hmm. but then the team behind it, like yeah. the care team, yeah. like look at the websites and see how many doctors are actually, you know, working for that company, but also seeing patients, mm-hmm. not just a big gigantic list of advisors, yeah. but the clinical team that actually works for that company providing the care. Is, is there a minimum age or is it all blood work based specific? Like what? Yeah, there's really no universal age that has been recognized. Um, every practitioner, provider, prescriber has a uh, kind of a, they practice different ways. Some are comfortable treating younger populations, some aren't. 
I think it comes down to the person, their age, their lifestyle, and what their goals are. Yeah, gotcha. How how fast can we start seeing benefits? Say, you know, somebody listen to this. All right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to I'm going to get on this. I, I like what they're saying. How quickly can you start seeing the benefits of this? Yeah, it depends on. on I, in my experience, it really depends on how low someone's levels are. Um, but if someone, I would say, is, is pretty low, they, they notice a big difference within two to four weeks. Oh wow! Um, okay. Somebody who is not, you know, more in the in the middle, but still having some mild testosterone deficiency symptoms, it might take you know closer to two to three months. Okay. But again, I, I think it's important. Um, it's important to recognize one that it's okay if you don't feel okay. Uh, but there are resources and there are ways that you can start to feel, you can start to feel like yourself again. Mm -hmm. And, and it, and it becomes a regimen and it becomes just a part of your lifestyle. Like, I mean, it, for a while it was like, and I, and you know, it's once a week I've got to, I've got to do my injection. And it's like, sometimes like, ah, man, I just rather go to bed. Yeah. Can you talk about that part? Cause again, that's, and I think you touched on it. Me injecting myself is not very appealing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we really. So it's funny you said that. leg and glute. I usually just go armpit every single time. <laughs> that's super yeah. odd. Just right yeah. under the tongue. That's right, super not weird. Good. Right under no. the tongue. Yeah. Actually, is that where you choose to get your tattoos? Yeah, I heard. Too? I heard you actually <laughs> ingest testosterone fastest from your gooch. So that's where I inject. I usually have my wife do is it. Is that before so. or after you tan it? Yeah. Oh. After and I haven't showered, obviously. We got a cream for that. Yeah, we got a cream for that. That's pretty much where it goes if you go the cream route. Um, yeah, God, we really did gloss over it. So, like, we do have a device. It's an auto inject device. Mm. So we knew that, you know, you send somebody some syringes and needles, and yeah, it's just I'm, like, whoa, hold up. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of a big yeah, deal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have a device that you would drop the syringe and needle into, apply it to where it is that you're going to do your injection, side of thigh, upper glute. You press a button, mm. it's going to send that needle into your skin. We use a very small needle, by the way. Mm. Like, like an a, insulin. Um, close. Like a, okay. uh, we're at 25 gauge right oh, yeah. now. Yeah. We could go smaller, yeah. but we're at 25 yeah. gauge. My wife like will do like uh, like B12 shots or whatever, and it's like it's tw- got to be 27 or higher. She's yeah, like, yeah. no way. No, no, no. She's that one that's afraid of needles. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a little bit about speed, too. So the combination of the small needle and uh-huh. the rate, the, the, the speed that it uh-huh. goes in with the auto-ject, uh-huh. it also handles the plunger depression. Like, it sends the meds into you. Uh-huh. So you get to sit there and watch it. And we've got two dozen guys that told us they were deathly afraid of needles uh-huh. when we were, you know, piloting that device. They smile now. They laugh. They're like... Man, I didn't think it was actually doing what it was supposed to do because I didn't feel it. Yeah. I was going to ask, how do you know it's incredible? How do you know you're doing That's it right. worth 200 bucks a month, that alone right there. Yeah. Yeah. You send me a box of syringes, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing oh. it. So that device. See, I, I used to that's get. That's why we put the auto eject at the top of the box. Yeah. You mm-hmm. see what you're getting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I used to get Tordal shots every week. So, um, yeah. I mean, just, I was for like 12 years. So it's no long term effects of that at all. But, I mean, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I got I got used to needles. So that's not yeah. something that that really bothered. Now doing it myself was different, yeah. right? And and you know you get a needle into your in your muscle tissue, and you know you're not real steady when you're doing it yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but it's not something that bothered me. But that right there, just just the the ease of that, I mean, is worth the money alone. Yeah. And just to expand on what you said, so these injections are into the fat. For our, our okay, devices. so they're, what, what's the difference? Sub-Q. There's intramuscular and then what's the? Subcutaneous. Subcutaneous. Or yeah, yeah, okay. Yep. So, okay, so you don't have to inject the testosterone intramuscular. Correct. No. Huh. Yep. 
good to know. So we, we use a, a shorter needle, um, and it allows us to go is right it, into the fat. Is it not good to inject into the muscle? No, the absorption rates are very similar. They're, okay, yeah. okay. So in terms of uh, efficacy, it's, it's, it's okay. just as good, yeah. Okay. yeah. Is it just a preference on length of the needle for you guys? I mean, I don't know one person who has used the length needle that we use with the device we use and go, I'm going to go back to injecting yeah. into yes. my muscles. Yeah, that's, good point. So that's a good point. It's night and day <laughs> yeah. in our experience. Okay. Yeah. So no. somebody listen to this, they're like, all right, I'm in. You guys have convinced me. I'm going to Wellcore. Is this online? Do they visit? How does, how does somebody get started who's never done this before? Yeah, it's 100% online. So teamwellcore.com. Uh, teamwellcore.com? Yep. Okay. The big yellow getting started button is hard to hard to miss. <laughs> hard to miss, yeah. Uh, You'd be surprised with some people, though. That's true. <laughs> yeah. The website, like, we're, we're still working on it, but we've got to walk a fine line between, like, educating mm-hmm. and, like, marketing speak. Yep. So, you know, our principles, you know, one size fits all. No one should be treated like a number. The right way is the only way to do something. Even on our website, like, we're not cool with using models and stock photography. So we're in the process of filling it with photos and pictures and stories of actual clients. Mm. So everything that you see on there that's like a quote is from a real named person. Um, You get started by ordering the assessment kit. The assessment kit includes that painless blood collection device. Mm -hmm. It includes all of the lab tests because you're going to put it in a mailer and send it back. But it also includes the doctor consultation. So when you buy that assessment kit, you're going to get all the way to the point of talking to someone on the clinical team that's going to give you a breakdown of those results and help provide you with a path forward. That path forward could be, Hey, you need to go talk to your doctor about high blood pressure or something else. Mm-hmm. Cause we will turn you away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it can also result in like, here's what we believe you need. Here's what your regimen looks like. If you want to get started, we'll call in the prescriptions right there. You pay, it's going to show up at your house in two days. How Ooh. much does the assessment cost to get started? Uh, we've got it on there right now for one ninety nine. Okay. Uh, but did we did we do a promo for the podcast? Well, the great thing about a podcast if, is if this you, isn't live. If you use yeah. one yeah. shot, we'll one. yeah, it you get it for one ninety eight. So <laughs> <laughs> one night, okay. Yeah, well, we have a promo code for this podcast that'll yeah. allow you to get that assessment kit for twenty nine dollars. It's oh, about wow. six or seven hundred dollars of value. Goodness. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we, yeah, when you hear this, uh, go to our Instagram one um, and we'll have all the information link. Uh, we'll have some clips of this episode, uh, but we'll lead you to uh, teamwellcore.com um, to get started. And then we'll and Tyler's got it pulled up. There is a massive Literally. yellow button yeah, that says big, get started. Get started. Start <laughs> today. Thank right you for there. making that easy yes. for us. For sure. Mouth yeah. breathers over here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so question now that I've seen all that, where do I start? Yeah, yeah, that's that yellow button again. <laughs> Man, this that's has been awesome. awesome. No, I'll tell you, I, again, I came in not knowing much, just the things that I see on the internet and from who knows who, and and it's been great to sit down with two experts and, and really, and I'm sure we left out some stuff that people yeah. are, are wondering, but go to that, that website that Tyler talked yeah, about. Yeah, so uh, very helpful. Here, here's the thing, though, is, um, Ben, just if you start doing this, um, you're probably going to die in like six months, so I wouldn't yeah, do it. So probably so just probably yeah. stay away. So we do these things, Saturday sufferings, and we'll like do these hard workouts and we film it. And like the last two I've gotten Ben, and he's beat me in all the other ones. And so if, if he starts to feel a little bit better, I'm not okay yeah. with that. Yeah. I enjoy, I enjoy winning. It's, it's always, it's you always, kneecap uh, him coming yeah. out the oh, office. Right. Like, oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh, you, oh, you, you went to well core. Okay. So yeah, now your ankles aren't going to work anymore. Yeah. So 
Just start that's putting all. saline in this testosterone injection. That's right. That's yeah. You know what? Let me inject for you, Ben. I got you. <laughs> that's awesome. Any uh, any final questions from you, Ty? Man, this is awesome. I, look, I, again, as um, as a believer and, and future client of uh, of Wellcore. Yeah, you're gonna. You're, I don't know who you use right now, but you're gonna get rid of them today, and we're yeah. on the Wellcore. Yeah, and um, man, it's just uh, it it really is a life changer. And I was I like Ben hesitant, and I was I was very weary of just the thought of like, you know, testosterone um, supplementation and and going that route. And again, I may be saying these things wrong, but it has been a game changer just in my life. And it's helped with relationships. It's helped with parenting. It's helped with work. It's helped in so many areas, like you said, it was, it was that catalyst to get me back to where I was and get me going and get yeah. me on fire. And so, and, and it's, um, it's a journey that I'm just, I'm excited to, to just continue. And, and my goal is you, you talk about longevity and the studies that you did overall, like that is something that I'm really, really, uh, focused on is, um, making sure that, look, I'm not going to get to a point where, you know, I'm, I'm immobile. I'm sick all the time. I have my family taking care of me. I want to do everything I can in my control to limit my exposure to that. Look, life is life, right? I'm not in control. Someone else is. And if, if they choose for me to get cancer or whatever, it is what it is. But the things that I can take care of, I'm going to take care of. And this is a huge part of that for me. And so I can, I just want, I can't say it enough how how important it is to make sure hormonally you're in line and my wife is someone that hormonally was super out of whack and and, uh, sorry babe if i'm putting you on blast but um you know like birth control at an early age right they put they put like teenagers on birth control whether that and not because you know she was a floozy out you know in, in fresno california you know what floozy is no i've heard it but i don't i couldn't yeah, define it it's, it's like loose like it's like uh ah, okay yeah. and so she would that was not her but like regulation of you know again there's a bunch of guys in this room right just making sure like that um yeah she was just regulated on her monthly deal <laughs> you're yeah. digging holes yeah, so, you know yeah super, super <laughs> digging and digging anyways but point is and years and years of that and just hormonally she was way out of whack and for the first time she's like she's feeling great again. So, yeah. um, you know, she's taking more CCs of testosterone than I am. I mean, her Adam's apple's <laughs> so, getting bigger. So, her traps are bigger. It's great. <laughs> so your wife's doing it. this as well. Yeah. I love it. Like nothing's better than when like I'm giving her a massage and her traps are bigger than mine. It's yeah. awesome. So you're scaring yeah. away the, totally the, the kidding right y'all <laughs> totally kidding. That is not what it is, but that's the misnomer I think in, in females. And we talked about it a little well, bit. Well, even earlier. males, yeah. like yeah. nothing we do, is going to turn you into a six foot four, two hundred sixty-five pound defensive end that can run a four-four. Damn it! Like it doesn't work no. like that. Why not? It doesn't work <laughs> right? like that. It's going to put you at the best like you can be. Yeah. Like it's going to yeah. optimize you for what yeah. your body is capable of yeah. doing. And you want to talk about enablement? You're talking about aging. The vision that we want people to buy into is: Do you want to be you know fifty-five, sixty-five, seventy-five, eighty-five, and thinking about retirement or like going into a home? Or do you still want to be running a few times a week? Maybe you're still doing pull-ups and push-ups and lifting weights, but you're there for your family mentally and physically. Yes. Like don't aging gracefully is not a term that I am a fan of. Yeah. I want to like go until the wheels fall off. Yes. And I don't mean wheelchair. Yes. I've always said that I'm scared to death of getting old and, and at least not the right way of getting old. Um, Sorry. One last question. I should have asked this earlier and you probably already answered this. I just forgot, but 
How often are reassessments? You do the initial assessment, and then how often are you retaking your blood to make sure you're on the right track? We're going to send you a kit before you need a refill. Okay. So it's it's quarterly. Yeah. Got it. So got you're going to get an assessment kit because the docs are going to want to look at your blood again and make sure that we've got you tuned mm-hmm. and that you're feeling the way that you want to feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And awesome. then they just drop it back in the box and mail it back? Yeah. Okay. Man. So when you guys do get, and this is <laughs> talked about this before when you guys do get over to like gut health and stuff like that i cannot wait to see the poop in a box kit that y'all uh that y'all send out <laughs> he Those called the ho- shit poop yeah <laughs> hopefully by then I think, there's like I think a Justin new Timberlake method, but i don't know saying it is it's, it's shit in a box isn't that what it is <laughs> yeah. but like it's uh, yeah that's one of the most awkward things i've ever done in my entire life by the way yeah. oh anyway, super weird. yeah yeah okay. it's super weird that's awesome yeah. but but again it's necessary and, and it gave me a lot of insight into kind of how my like my gut really is operating and the impacts on that. So yeah. before this episode gets pulled, let's probably end it there. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. <laughs> Great things we can edit. Man, David. Jason and Ryan, this was awesome. Thank y'all so much. I know y'all's Thanks, time guys. is valuable. We really yeah. appreciate you coming up here and sitting yeah. down in person. It's always different. You know, zoom's great, but having people in person. Yeah, is great. definitely. Yeah. We, enjoyed so, it. we appreciate you guys. Having yeah. We appreciate y'all so much Thank for you. answering our, our dumb you. questions. Team Go check them out. And again, Go to our social media. Uh, we'll get you guys directions on how to get in contact with these guys. But, man, we're we're fans of what you all are doing. Support you all any way that we can help. Please let us know. And uh, like I said, we'll be future customers. Right Appreciate on. that. Thanks, Chance. Thanks, guys.